Hello, hello, my beautiful friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. I have something to tell you guys, and maybe I've told you before, but here's the thing. I have broken up with my scale, not my husband. I wanted to give more of a dramatic pause there because I thought it'd be funny, but no, the scale, still happily married, but I have absolutely dumped the scale. Now, we still own one in our house, but I have not weighed myself in probably over a year and a half. And here's the thing. Scales aren't bad, okay? Scales are just a hunk of metal and plastic, and there's nothing moral about them. They are just these inanimate objects that's job is to just provide data, and that data isn't even bad. Whether it's higher or lower than you'd like to see, it's simply a string of numbers measuring a mass. Now, all of that said... Our relationship with this totally neutral object may be anything but neutral. And the way that we feel about scales and the way that we feel about the numbers that flash up on scales when we stand on top of them has absolutely everything to do with how we think about the scale, how we think about what those numbers mean about us. And I think that our society has been conditioned to put more weight into what it says, yes, pun intended, than it is actually helpful for our overall health. So, If you are exploring the idea of breaking up with your scale while also still wanting to focus on your health, then this episode is for you. I'm going to be sharing today seven ways to measure health without a scale. Let's dive on in. Hello there, beautiful friend. I'm your host, Kaya, a cattle rancher turned accidental life coach after embarking on my own health journey, losing over 100 pounds, but most importantly, rebuilding my relationship with myself. Now I am more on fire than ever to empower others to create a healthy life that they love from the inside out by sharing the tools, tips, and strategies that I've learned and continue to learn along the way. Mindset, health, body image, self-love, entrepreneurship, and more. We're here to chat about climbing the mountains of life all while finding joy in the journey. Welcome to the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. Now let's get climbing. It's safe to say that most of my life, I have had a goal weight, a number in my mind that I thought would translate into being the pinnacle of health. And why wouldn't I? I mean, I was raised in a society that is hyper obsessed with body size. And I have real trauma from high school PE when we learned about the BMI. And I learned this lovely label for myself that I was morbidly obese, not just obese, but morbidly obese not the best feeling in the world for my teenage self, to say the least. Okay. We've been unpacking that one for a really long time. But this obsession with weight, I believe, along with rampant diet culture that has been perpetuated across generations is actually hurting us more than it's helping. Listen, I'm not going to tell you that it is bad to want to lose weight. I'm not going to tell you that it is bad to do things to intentionally try to lose weight. I don't necessarily think that that's true. However, I think that looking at weight as the sole measure of health is bad because there are so many other ways to do so and even more effective ways to do so. Because here's the problem. If weight loss is your only motivation to practice health-promoting behaviors, what will be your motivation to continue them once you reach your goal weight? And if you never reach your goal weight and find that incorporating various health-promoting behaviors doesn't actually move the needle on the scale at all for you, are you just going to give them up altogether even though they're still healthy for your body? This is why 
I believe that weight and weight loss should not be the main driver behind taking control of our health. And again, the scale is a tool. The scale's job is to show you data and you can use that data and learn from that data. But I want you to know that that data is not the end all be all of health. Okay. Not even close. Now, listen, I've been there. Okay. I have been the person who wakes up every single morning. And the first thing that I did after, of course, emptying my bladder and before even taking a sip of water, I would get on the scale. And some days the number on that scale went down. And when it did, I would give myself permission to celebrate and feel proud of myself. But on the days when it didn't, I found myself spiraling into deep shame, spending the rest of my day punishing myself through intense exercise or restricting food. And the scale became a toxic tool for me. One that I was using not only to measure my weight, but really when I think about it, I was using it to measure my worth. I was using it to decide how I was going to feel about myself for the rest of the day. And that, my friends, is not healthy. I knew that things needed to change when it came to my relationship with not just my body and food and exercise, but I knew that my relationship needed to change when it came to the scale. And so I gave myself permission to stop weighing myself entirely and instead focus on other ways of measuring my health instead. Now, I have seven ways seven ways I'm going to share with you to measure your health without a scale. So if you want to explore the idea of not weighing yourself every single day, every single week, every single month, or maybe ever again, but still want to make healthy decisions, maybe these are some ways for you to measure your health instead. Let's jump in. I truly believe that if you change your habits, you can change your life. Our life is the result of the habits that we practice daily. Improving your life isn't about making some scary, drastic change overnight. It's about meeting yourself where you're at and making small changes over time that you can actually stick with. But you've got to start small to stay consistent, which is why I put together a free healthy habits checklist to help you do just that. Download my free PDF to set your intentions for what small healthy habits you are going to start practicing today. There's a place for you to check them off the list and celebrate every single baby step along the way. You can download yours for free at coachkayacommunity.com forward slash healthy dash habits, or you can click the link below. Again, that's coachkayacommunity.com forward slash healthy dash habits, or click the link in the show notes to download yours today for free. Start changing your life, friend, one healthy habit at a time. Number one, sleep quality. Yes, sleep quality. You know, it's so funny to me because I think that this is one of the things that we are so quick to sacrifice first thing out of the gate when we're trying to make a change in our life, right? We're like, I can just wake up a little earlier and I can work out, or I can wake up a little earlier and get more stuff done or be more productive or whatever that is. Or I'm going to pull an all-nighter to finish this activity or whatever the thing is that we want to do, right? Sleep is so often one of the first things that we're willing to sacrifice in pursuit of quote-unquote health or in pursuit of, I don't know, anybody go to college and pull lots of all-nighters like me? I know I sure did, but sleep is so, so, so important when it comes to your health. And a great way to measure your health is by tracking your sleep and the quality of your sleep. 
Now, I think we all know to some extent, you know, what the experts out there say. And I want to preface this and preface all of this with saying that I am not a doctor, okay? If you have serious questions about your health, you should not be listening to this podcast for that information. You should pursue or reach out to your own doctor. But I've done a lot of research. I've talked to a lot of doctors, and this is what I've learned so far, okay? I think a good goal is to get about seven to eight hours of quality sleep per night. And I think all of us in our relationship with sleep is even different too, but sleep affects everything in our bodies, okay? From our cognitive functioning to our immune system and also our body's hunger cues even. And so what I want to encourage you to do if you're someone who wants to improve your sleep is a way that I'm doing in my own life is really being mindful of how I spend that last hour before bed so that I can improve the quality of my sleep. And for me, and maybe you too, that means reducing my screen time. It means plugging in my phone and putting it on do not disturb. It means turning off the TV. And what I have enjoyed personally doing at the end of the night to really power down and give my eyes a break from the blue light in my phone or on the TV is to pull out a book. Now, lately I've been reading these really juicy fantasy romance novels that I highly recommend if you're into that. Um, It's the series A Court of Thorns and Roses. Cannot recommend enough. And let me tell you, the dreams I have after reading those before bed, they're juicy, y'all. They are juicy. (laughs) So number one, sleep quality. Number two, water intake. I think that when when we talk about health and changing things, I think we always think of diet and exercise. We think of food and exercise. And yes, those things absolutely influence our health. But water is huge as well. And simply increasing your water intake, although it absolutely is possible to drink too much water, but I'm going to go ahead and venture to say that most people are dehydrated, okay? Maybe that's not you, but maybe it is, okay? A reasonable place to start or to reach for or gold reach for is trying to drink half of your body weight in ounces of water each day. Again, this is something to talk to your doctor about too. It might be different for you, but water is so, so crucial. And no, I'm not just talking about water in your coffee, okay? I'm just talking about that good old crystal clear, plain old water. Water helps us with our digestion. It helps keep our bowels regular. It helps your skin, and it also influences your hunger levels as well. So if you want to improve your health, a good place to start is really by focusing on your water intake. Number three, food variety. Yeah, variety, baby. That's what we need in our lives. It's so common for us to assume that, okay, taking better care of our health and our diet means eliminating things from our diet. But I actually think, and what I've heard from a lot of the registered dietitians that I've worked with is that usually the first step to having a healthier, more well-balanced nutrition is actually incorporating more foods into your diet, more variety into your meals to create that balance. Sometimes that might look like incorporating more fruits and vegetables, getting more fiber, getting more whole grains and high quality proteins, and doing so in ways that you enjoy. I think that when we have more variety in our meals, it also makes mealtime more fun and enjoyable. Maybe pull out a new recipe to try and just try to have a colorful plate. Instead of focusing on health by restricting your food, ask yourself, how can I have more variety in my meals? Number four, fitness ability. Now, what I mean by fitness ability here is how do you feel physically in your Body. Okay. I'm not talking about needing to have necessarily those perfect six pack abs. I have accepted that six pack abs are not a part of my future for me, and that is okay. 
but I have made it a real priority to incorporate more joyful movement in my life. Now you can call it exercise if you want to, but I really like to think of joyful movement as a way for me to celebrate what my body can do and doing so in ways that feel playful and fun. So that it's something that I actually look forward to, that I actually enjoy the process of. And if that looks like lifting heavy weights at a gym for you, awesome. If that looks like afternoon strolls in your neighborhood, great. And if that looks like dance parties in your kitchen, then I am right there with you. I've got some good songs to recommend, let me tell you. I think when we think about our fitness ability and you think about measuring your health when it comes to your fitness ability, I want you to think about how can you ask yourself and be mindful of how your body feels? Can you tell that the more time that you make to move your body, the better you feel? Is it easier to climb the stairs or chase after your kids? Do you have more energy when you move? Me and my husband have been doing a lot of joyful movement, and I'm really proud of ourselves. We have been really, really consistent for, I would say, the past two years of going for an afternoon walk after lunch most days during the week when we're at work. And another thing we started doing is started doing 15-minute weights workouts when we get home. Now, 15 minutes in the past, I might've been the person who's like, 15 minutes, what is that going to do? But listen, I want you to celebrate the small baby steps here, okay? Even if it's saying, I did jumping jacks for two minutes yesterday, and tomorrow I'm going to do it for another two minutes, and I'm going to do that for a whole week, and next week it feels easier, great. You are improving your fitness ability, and that's going to look different for you, okay? How can you ask yourself, how can you incorporate more movement? How can you incorporate more mobility? Maybe it's stretching, but looking at your health in terms of how you feel physically in your body, your fitness ability, your energy level is a great way to measure your health. And guess what? You can be really physically strong and able and have a lot of strong endurance and weigh all different kinds of weights, okay? You can be 300 pounds and really fit. You can be 100 pounds and really fit. What I really want to focus on here is that fitness doesn't always have to look a certain way either. And I think a lot of times we assume that it does. But if you are doing things that creates more energy in your body, if it feels easier to do the things that you do throughout the day, that's amazing. And that's a beautiful way to measure your health. If you're wanting to up-level your life this year in a big, big way, then I know just the thing that you should invest in. My dear friend, Emily Rushel's upcoming Ascend Retreat. This retreat is happening March 16th through 19th in Branson, Missouri. And it's a retreat for rural dreamers and doers who are ready to take their life, career, or business to the next level. At this retreat, you are going to experience workshops by industry-leading coaches, myself included, small group mastermind sessions, and one-on-one conversations to clarify your vision and bring your dreams to life. But not only that... This all-inclusive weekend from Thursday through Sunday, including accommodations in a luxury home, also comes with all meals and snacks prepared for you by a food network professional chef and one-on-one lifestyle and brand photography sessions with my dear friend, Hannah. Y'all, I can tell you with complete honesty that it has been my experience both attending and coaching at retreats just like this one that has been the biggest transformation shifts for me in my life and in my career. If you want more information and to secure one of the limited 15 seats at this intimate retreat, visit the link below or visit emilyrushell.com forward slash retreats. That's emilyreushel.com forward slash retreats. Join us for community, clarity, and personal growth. I hope to see you there. Number five, 
Relationships. Yeah, this one might feel a little like a side tangent here, but intentionally prioritizing your relationships is so, so important for your health. Humans are social beings, period. And research shows that having just one person in your life that you care about and that cares about you is linked to lower rates of anxiety and depression, higher self-esteem, greater empathy, and it can also even strengthen your immune system, help you recover from disease, and may even lengthen your life. Community is so important. And one of the ways that you can measure your own health or improve your own health is asking yourself, what does the health of my relationships look like? Have I made time to be with my closest friend? Do I need to call them? Do I need to set up time to see my family? Do I need to make some friends? Your health is greatly, greatly, greatly influenced by the health of your relationships. So a great way to measure health or try to improve your health is really being intentional about strengthening those relationships. Number six, blood labs, baby. This is again, coming back to data. Now I'll say it again. Health does not have a specific look. Okay. We can assume someone's health from what we perceive by looking at them, but by looking at someone, we have no idea what's going on inside of their body and looking at yourself. You might not have any idea what's going on inside of your body. Now our body has lots of different cues. It has things like the ability to feel pain, to let us know when something's off. And if we really listen to our bodies and get to know our bodies, we're able to know when something feels a little bit off. But I think it's really important that we take control of our health and advocate for ourselves by being proactive and seeing a doctor regularly at least once a year to have our blood labs looked at because we might not even know if something's going on with our body that's off. So this might be your reminder, my friend, that you need to schedule your annual checkup for this year with your doctor. I scheduled mine the other day and I don't know what it's like in your local community, but here our doctors are inundated and it has been very hard to get an appointment. So here is my challenge for you, my friend. My challenge for you is to call your doctor and get an annual checkup scheduled on the books for this year. And hey, those of you that are listening that don't have a doctor, here's your reminder to find one, okay? I'll admit that when I first moved back home, it took me a while to find a new doctor, to find a new dentist, all the things, but your body will thank you. The more information that you have about what's going on inside of your body, the more that you can be proactive and give your body what it needs. Maybe you need a supplement. Maybe you need to have different foods to make your body feel better, to level out your hormones or get certain things right on track. But the only way you will know how to do that is by knowing what your blood labs are. So number six, blood labs. And the final, perhaps most important piece is measuring your health based on your stress levels. Oh yes. Friends, mental health is key. And the more and more that I do this work and the older that I get, I recognize that mental health is everything. And it is so connected to our physical health, our emotional health, our relationship health, all the things, right? They're all so intricately intertwined. I think it's important that we find ways daily for us to take care of our mental and emotional well-being. Maybe that's through journaling. That's something that I do that really works well for me. Maybe it's meditating daily, even just for a few minutes. And maybe it's working with a therapist and a trained professional to heal trauma wounds, to work on breaking generational cycles for you. Whatever it is for you, whatever that looks like, I think it's really important that we measure our health, not just in our physical being, in our physical form, but how are you doing mentally? Are you okay? Do you need to talk to someone? 
Do you need to make more time for yourself to be more reflective and introspective? Do you need to make time to speak with someone to help you work through some of these things with your mental health? Stress impacts every single aspect of our health, yet so many of us pile on extra stress for the sake of quote-unquote health or weight loss, and it's very counterproductive. So those are my seven ways to measure health without a scale. And I'm really passionate about this because I have friends and loved ones who have let the scale rule them for the entirety of their lives. I've seen this obsession turn nearly lethal, watching someone I really, really love starve themselves for the sake of a number on the screen. And when our society continues to celebrate health and body size as the sole measure of health, we may not only be creating unhealthy relationships with ourselves and our bodies, but at worst, we are unknowingly encouraging other people to continue to harm themselves, perhaps not even knowing that they're sick in the first place. Health doesn't look a certain way. And weight is not the best indicator of that health. We are all built differently. All of us. We all have different genetics, different bone structure, different body compositions. It would be like looking at a basket of fruit and telling them all that they need to look a certain way, telling all of the bananas that they should look like apples. Like that just, it doesn't make any sense. We are all so different. And I would encourage you to consider what health-promoting behaviors that you're incorporating into your life and focus on improving those and improving the consistency of those behaviors rather than solely focusing on shrinking your body. Now, I think a really great way to do this, to encourage ourselves and celebrate ourselves as we create consistency with these health-promoting behaviors separate from whether we lose weight or not, is to keep track of them. And not to keep track of them in a way of punishing ourselves or shaming ourselves when we don't get it perfectly every single day, but a way to track our progress and to just increase our frequency. It's not about doing it perfectly all the time, but it is increasing the frequency of these health-promoting behaviors. I put together a healthy habits checklist that you can download for free and print out as a way to track your own health-promoting behaviors, whatever those look like for you. There are blank spaces for you to write in whatever those health-promoting behaviors are that you want to practice daily and increase your frequency with. You can grab that free download below in the show notes. And here's the thing. As you increase the frequency of these health-promoting behaviors in your life, as you incorporate other ways for you to measure health beyond looking at the scale, maybe you'll lose weight as a result of it. And that's great. And if you don't, it's still great because you are still improving your health regardless of what the scale says. So consider this, my dear sweet listener, your permission to break up with your scale if that feels most supportive for you in your health journey. And here's your permission to explore other ways to measure health as you continue moving forward on this beautiful, beautiful journey of life. You deserve it. And you're doing a really freaking great job. And I'm so stinking proud of you. I'll see you, sweet listener, right back here, same time, same place next week. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please hit subscribe and leave me a review sharing what you loved most. Come hang out with me on Instagram and Facebook to keep the conversation going as we continue to find joy in the journey. Until next time, I am cheering for you, friend. Keep climbing and we'll chat soon.